Welcome back, everyone out there in podcast land. This is After Further Review with Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor is our producer on the board, episode 29. That's right, folks. We count the episodes here on After Further Review. And uh, as well as the fans. As as well as what? Fans and listeners. Fans and listeners, as well as episodes. We can count on a couple of hands right now. What can't you count? You know, we can't we can't count the money. We cannot count the money. No, we can't. But you're working on that. Well, you know, just just see what we can do. Just throwing ideas out there. Throwing ideas out there. I'll tell you what, folks. Uh, you know, the behind the scenes uh, machinations of Mark and John are 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 I would assume pretty hilarious, uh, especially when it comes to my inability to. <laughs> I don't know. See reality half the time. This last thing, I'm I'm just going to cop to everything, John Pelkey, on this. We we promoted that we would be on YouTube today. Let's start out with that. Let's comment you, on the you, obvious. You you promoted that we were going to be on YouTube today because I was not aware that that promo was coming uh, at the, during the last show. Well, there you go. That's it's presented without issue. my knowledge. It's part of the issue, ladies and gentlemen. I was under the assumption that John and I had talked about. It. We had had a meeting the week before. I figured all that was up to date. We had apparently lots of things going on in my head that I just of don't let before, out. It's really a week before it was Thursday and you Monday, so not quite a week. So even less, even less yes. than a week before. And I yes. and I thought we had said Wednesday was our day to drop it, and um, I guess I guess we had we had talked about Wednesday that. being deep drop day. We're going to start doing deep drop shows where we go more in depth. We can, right. and we can promote this now. Next uh, next Wednesday, we're going to have to do a deep drop show. So I think you just you just confused that sort of thing. And and look, we're both men of a certain age. Confusion is not a, it's a short trip. It's a short trip from understanding to confusion for me. Well, and me, I'm not sure it's even a trip anymore. I think it's a, a condition. Mm. I think it's it's where I live. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really do. I think if there's if there's a if if the plates are stacked too high. If there's too much going on, and 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 anyone saying there's too much going on during during a pandemic and a quarantine, <laughs> that's someone who can't really handle a whole lot of things. Right. So, uh, but you know, got the whole family in here plus the boyfriend, you know, and 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 trying to think of other ideas uh, for 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 money making opportunities. Uh, having twelve weeks of really really kind of pulling the seven hairs I have left out of my head uh, about the uh, the unemployment issue. And uh, finally resolving that, I just think I'm in a in a general state of confusion, John Pelkey. And 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 oftentimes that leaves the people closest to you, uh, you know, just watching the balls they had something invested in drop. Now, I assumed Mark, part of the ground, John. Yeah, I assumed that part of the problem was that you had gotten money that now, you know, before you were full of ideas and you were on it. But you got, you know, you got the lottery when you got your back money. You got a nice uh, amount of money dropped in. So I thought it was nothing but, you know, the gin soaked barroom queens now for you. And it was just going to be, sure, you know, sure. let's exactly. see. I just they just dropped sixty six thousand dollars in the bank account. <laughs> let me let me see how much, you know, let me write it all on black. Yeah, I'll either put, put it all on, on red. Or uh, boy, wouldn't it be neat to have one of those one of those water things with with scotch in it, single malt scotch? 
And it, you, you had that set up and it was just, you know, so you could get a pop on your way from the, you know, the couch to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. really got to go. But God damn, I got to do it without a drink. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I said this water thing out there. Hey, look at that. I can get myself a drink on the way to the bathroom and the way back to the couch. I'm a genius. Yeah, I thought that's probably what you had going. That there. makes sense as well. That also makes sense. General confusion, however, has happened. So uh, YouTube isn't happening today. We are going to try and set it up for some time next week. We uh, Once we have our little soft opening where we test some things, we'll give it about a week to promote it. And I am excited once we get there, John Palkey. I think uh -huh. it'll be a lot of fun. I really do. I, and, I, and I know that you're concerned about how you'll look. Y you're not generally for anything that, um, you know, captures you on video. You're generally against that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't like video or pictures of myself ever appearing anywhere. But you've done a, a nice job during the cor coronavirus. You've taken off, uh, you know, 10 pounds or so. And uh, you look good. You've got that new. Uh, well, you've shaved it. I see right now. You I, shaved. I shaved. I shaved off the mustache today, just simply out of boredom. I think Damn, I'm probably okay. going to grow back. Maybe the beard okay. or the mustache. But I uh, and, and I also and this is 100 percent true. I felt my skin needed a deep cleaning. It was deep cleaning time. So I shaved uh -huh. it off and I'm going to do a little deep clean, clean cleanse the pores a little uh -huh. bit because, you know, you know I'm. It's, my skin is just luminous generally, and uh, it's it's lost a little of its luster. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do. Uh, try to try to try to bring that back since we're gonna be apparently on video. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Now now it's it, you know it's in the future. Very low definition video. <laughs> so I wouldn't no worry. definition video. I, I wouldn't worry about the pores too much at this point in time. But uh, I did like the Count of Monte Cristo uh, look, though, that you had. For oh, a while. thank you, thank you. That's the first Count of Monte Cristo because I had had him at uh, at one point. I thought it was it, it was Cardinal Richelieu. That was that was that was the look I was going for. And then it sort of changed to Matthew Broderick in Glory. I, I Ooh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I went yeah. with that one. Bit, and now it's uh, now it's shaven and uh, it, there'll be a, a deep cleanse to the skin will happen. And uh, by the time we figure out this uh, this whole video thing, if either yeah. of us are still alive at that point, uh, you know, I'll, I'll look good if, if I'm the one on there. But I, I never look good on video anyway. So I, I'm a, I'm opposed to this entire thing. I'm just giving it into you because uh, I nixed your first idea that we do a, uh, a podcast about nothing but UCF special teams. Uh, and that we do five days a week on UCF special teams. I I, I also you, threw in the Title Nine. Game. We have to we have to explore all of the uh, Title Nine uh, teams that UCF has and right. and really get into that. I okay. think they have been short shrifted. And you, of course, you know, in the same vein of hating League of Their Own, dismissed that idea out of hand. I'm just I'm just worried that we won't live up to the uh, expectations of the twos of people who would tune into that. That uh, that's what that's what would worry me. Uh huh. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. By the way, gotcha. clear up any confusion. Can I clear up some just global confusion right now? Sure. I want to clear up global confusion for everyone. All right. Facebook folks. does not have an algorithm that limits you to twenty five people on your on your page, and by simply posting that you don't want them to do that, it will not change anything. It is a hoax, people. Please, you know you've been this this quarantine crap's been going on a long time. When the same hoaxes are now popping up on Facebook, perpetuated by the same people. 
Facebook is not doing that. They're listening to everything you say, and it's being archived in some sort of shadow conspiracy that'll eventually bring your downfall. Sure, yes, that's happening. But they're not limiting to 25 people. You see, it's just some of those people have stopped posting on Facebook. No, the algorithm that you're referring to, John Pelkey, and the algorithm that is actually working is the algorithm that says the people that are most in need of attention, that that need some sort of validation for their very existence, are the ones that believe in these hoaxes. And so the algorithm then figures out a way to get it to people like you as often as possible so that well, like your, that. Day, your day buy that. is filled with more annoyance than it should be. And frankly, the more annoyed you are, John, believe it or not, it's counterintuitive, but the more annoyed you are at Facebook, the more you get into Facebook. I, I don't doubt that. I would buy that. I would completely buy that in every way. So, yeah. so but thank you for clearing up the general confusion surrounding the initial premise, which, it's of course, yes, is ridiculous. It's happening so much now that that actual link on Snopes that tells you it's not true, I've actually saved as a favorite. So that I can just, oh, just click over here and get rid of this, for God's sake. Honestly, leave Facebook to what it's supposed to be there, folks. Pictures of what I had for dinner that you didn't. And also asking for thoughts and prayers because my lawnmower is broken. And, you know, you know I was going to pray for, you know, I don't know, global peace to end hunger, perhaps to lower the price of housing, to upstart education. But you know what? You're absolutely right. It's not about that. It's all about you. And by the way, here's 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 something for my actor friends who listen to this. And how many, are, how, how many are those? <laughs> there are a handful of them. You're, you're going to have a, you have an audition. Great. Go audition. Do well. Fine. Don't post that you want me to, to, to send you good luck for your audition. Just go and do it. For God's sake, it I'll be happy when you get the job and you put it on there. But I just that's I, I have issues with that. Hey, got, do, got, a, got a big audition, got a big audition for an Advocare commercial. Please, please send out. You know, again, I got some issues I have to deal with here. My mom's 85 years old, has some health concerns. But no, I want you to get that eleven hundred dollar buyout in Advocare so I can see your face pop up on TV seconds before I fast forward through all commercials. Yeah, I want that for you. God almighty. See, that's part of the algorithm. That's part of the algorithm. It's just it's not just people who are worried that no one is watching or reading their posts. It's also actor friends of yours. It's anything that strikes you as highly annoying. Facebook has figured out to filter that in and essentially populate your feed with that. And they're doing a great job. And, and, And you can't you can't get off it as a result picture or a picture of a cute animal or a soldier. I bet this won't get a thousand likes. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Once today, you're fucking right, because I'm not going to like it. Jesus. Yeah, God, I'm so, I, I am so past some of that stuff. It's like, if you don't share it, you know, you're not a good human being. If Let's see how many people share that they believe Black Lives Matters or whatever it is. I whatever whatever particular... You, what's that? 
I support our troops. Do you? If you share this, you support our troops, despite the fact that you voted for people who have defunded the military, defunded all of their uh, all of their benefits, the VA, all of that. Nah, that doesn't matter. I liked it on Facebook. I'm a good person. Me, me, me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. God. Yeah, see? And friggin' needy, needy. That's true. You combine that with uh, the no, the general neediness of your actor friends, and it's just uh, it's overwhelming. You can't take it. There's no doubt about it. Speaking of general confusion, John, John and I uh, never know who's responsible for the progressive each particular show. It generally turns out to be that I'm the one that has to do it. I'll, I'll you do I will you say. do more of these. I will admit it. You you find it you you're more into it than I am. I I'll, I will just admit you're more into like doing a progressive. I, I, I you know, I, I mean, I think schedule. that's true. I look at it and it's like I look at the schedule when you send it to me and I go uh, and I go oh, uh, progressive. Great. Right. Yeah. You're, you're not that into it. And you're and there's uh, and there's probably three people that are into it that listen to our show. On wow. That's basis. two more than I thought, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're going back to baseball. Yeah, pitched over 100 postseason innings, posting an ERA under 3.20, pretty solid. Appeared in the postseason with six different teams, double-digit postseason wins, and played with Edgar Renteria at one point in his career, which isn't a great clue, ladies and gentlemen. It's basically designed to throw you off, because Ed, Edgar Renteria played with how many teams, John? 27 in a three-week period. Yeah, he was moved around quite a bit. So there it is. Pitched yeah, over a lot of teammates. Uh, yes. 100 postseason innings, posting an ERA below 320. Appeared in the postseason with six teams. Double-digit postseason wins. Played with Edgar Renteria. All right, now, Johnny, uh, lots going on out there. It's interesting. You know, a good friend of ours, Jerry Isinger, asked what we were going to talk about today uh, on the show. And... Um, I told him, you know, I don't know. I really don't know because the 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 general vibe of the show is, you know, after further review, we sort of sort of take the temperature of the zeitgeist, take the temperature of the the narrative that's being created out there by, you know, a variety of voices, and we, you know, we sort of comment on that almost sometimes more than the story itself, and uh, we we've been diving in, you know, pretty good to the protests, to taking the knee, to Colin Kaepernick, to what, how sports and their leagues and their general managers have responded to this thing. We've, we've talked about what we think should happen next. But it's very interesting, you know, we, we've talked about that. You know, so what's the next thing to talk about regarding that? We can certainly talk about some of the owners in the NFL being pretty silent about this. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the response. We, we, we touched on it last show about, you know, policy responses from uh, Congress, from, from city councils, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I'm interested in what we think on this show. And that's me and you, a- as well as Jeff, who is our, our bubble check. Um, <laughs> how we, what we think real progress is, you know, in other words, if, if Colin Kaepernick has a job by the time the NFL season starts, is that real progress in terms of the issue of, um, you know, not only systemic police brutality, but also generally about uh, the state um, that that African-Americans find themselves in, which is, you know, not as much opportunity not as many educational 
options, you know, not as much uh, economic options. The whole the whole list that we've talked about ad infinitum. What's what's real progress? Is that a step in the right direction in your mind? Well, it, I, for instance, it, I, you can bring up something else. You know what I mean? But I have a no, lot. I, I have a that. list of things. I think the, I, I think really the problem is, Mark, is that uh, when we look at something like that, and I certainly and I've been very, very clear about the fact that I think Colin Kaepernick should have been uh, on a football team. He should never have actually lost any years of his career, because I simply think that he's among the 90 best people to play the position on earth at this point. That's that's my position on that. Um, The the problem with saying, wow, that'll be a big step forward. The the way that we deal with these things is that um, a very uh, public maneuver in that position for some team to sign Colin Kaepernick, and it has been, it's become a cause celebrity. I have no problem with that. And the latest is he should be signed by the Patriots because he is a true Patriot. All right. Um, if that were the case, the Saints would not have any players. Um, it, it sometimes covers up for the the much more complicated and larger reason for the problem. And that people can look at it and say, Colin Kaepernick has a job now. What are you complaining about? I think for me, what the league should do with Colin Kaepernick, and this is just me, giving him a job on a football team is one thing, and he deserves to make a living, and he should and he should be able to do that. But he stepped out, whether you like what he did or not, and I understand that there's some people who still don't like what he did, and that's that's fine. I will always argue it was framed improperly, and he probably bears some responsibility for not explaining things as well as they could have been explained. But he took a stand and did not back away from it, knowing full well that he was, at least he understood at a point that this was going to be a problem for his career. Um, and remember, he had been a NFC champion quarterback and played in the Super Bowl. This isn't somebody who's, you know, a career was a career journeyman, uh, maybe had a little bit of success here and there. He is a guy who was, if not a superstar, he he was a a very, very well-known Pro Bowl quarterback at a point. Um, I think the NFL needs to recognize that they need voices like Colin Kaepernick's working for the NFL. Um. I think what they really need to do is uh, take a look at the diversity that they bring in to their decision making and uh, their policy making and uh, are willing to have uncomfortable conversations in every instance with people who think differently than some of them. There are plenty of people from the position of the rich white billionaire making decisions in the NFL and the rich white millionaire. Um, and there are, I'm sure, athletes and people who come in uh, to those meetings who aren't politically really connected at all. They're just, you know, there is a strata of people who don't take politics and social justice and things. They're, they're not at the fore. They have other things to concern them about. And I'm not uh, criticizing them. People, I don't know what everybody uh, goes through on a daily basis. But I do think there that it was obvious with Kaepernick that they were uncomfortable having the conversation or having someone like Colin Kaepernick as a part of it. So I would think for me anyway, it would have to go further than just 
allowing the guy to play on a football team. He, he that's a meritocracy. He earned that right. You prevented him from having that right. And just by saying, OK, yeah, we, we, we used to not allow your type in this theater. You, you all right, you can come back in the theater, but you're still your type in our mind. And we don't we still think of that. We're doing you a favor by doing this. And I, I, I don't think that would be progress at all. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think you really hit on something when you said conversations that make people uncomfortable. And I mean, I do think that goes for both sides. I do think the yes. rich billionaires need to feel uncomfortable. It's your it's your uh, ancient point at this point. Uh, that, that said, you know, people are almost more uncomfortable talking about racism than the actual act of racism themselves because it makes them uncomfortable at the same time. And I know I recoil against this argument all the time because it seems like it's a old pat argument that doesn't take into consideration all kinds of, uh, economic issues. Uh, but when they talk about, you know, 18, African-Americans were murdered in Chicago over this last weekend. Oh, by the way, a big part of that was because there were no cops there because they were policing other areas and so forth and so on. And I think, uh, you know, whether it's Democrat or liberal, whatever you want to say, we've talked about how the inner cities have not improved in, in 60 years of the war on poverty. And, you know, Democratic mayors or whatever it is need to have uncomfortable conversations as yes. well. One hundred percent. We all need to have uncomfortable conversations. We've talked about this before. You know, there's the, the show director at Disney comes up with the ideas. Let's do this. This will work. And the producer says, well, OK, great. But we this is going to cost this much. We can't do this. We have zoning laws and permitting and this, that and the other. You need both those kinds of brains in those kinds of rooms. And yeah. you need that show director to say, hey, dude, producer guy, you're, you're, you, you need to think more outside the box. OK, everything is everything. Everything is safe with you. Everything, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the producer needs to say to the director, dude, you know, put your put your feet on the ground for crying out loud. What's wrong with you? Do you have any connection to reality? You know, well, blah, blah, blah. It we to your point, Colin Kaepernick's voice amongst decision makers or amongst people that at least bring uh, issues to the fore. That's what matters. And 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 vice versa. We need divergent voices because everyone sees the problem. That's that's the upside of this thing. I would say 99% or certainly 95% of the people out there see that what happened to George Floyd was egregious, was murder, was wrong, was police brutality. And you know, that how do you met it out from there? Do people then get defensive because, well, whites have that problem, too? Blah, blah, blah. We can we can go on and on about that. And I don't want to because I want the show to be relatively entertaining. But the thing is, is we have agreement. We have agreement. So let's bring different voices in and let's not be so. I mean, come on. You know, it's like we're a bunch of – it's like we – it's like, wah, wah, wah. I don't want to – make me feel comfortable. Don't tell well, me what I want to hear. Listen. Tell me, tell me what I want to hear. You know what is, I mean? Yeah, this is – I mean, I think this is an o- overall problem. And, God, I never thought I would get to the point where I sounded like that get-off-my-lawn guy that, uh, you know, well, back in my day. But I honestly <laughs> – I 100 percent agree that uh, – 
we've grown soft in this way, and that is that we we've set up for ourselves with our entertainment, with our news, with our interactions that we have with people. We've set up ourselves so that we are so safe. It's so safe. I hate rap music. So I'm going to listen to nothing but the but the classic the classic rock station. I worry oh, I can't listen to any of that new music or oh he's making a political statement. I I, I can't listen to his music anymore. I I'm these are the this is the news I watch because yes they 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 speak to either my liberal or my uh, my conservative beliefs. We just have gotten away from an ability. To have a disagreement, it's it, it you know in a, in a in, everything has has now has to become black and white. And I've always said this: everything seems like a zero sum game. That if you support Black Lives Matter, you don't care how many cops or how many other people are getting killed. And that is just not the case at all. It is it is simply pointing out that here is a here is a a, a large segment of our fellow man who have not been treated f- fairly, and we've shown countless ways that we do not hold Black Lives as uh, important as we we do white lives by the the laws that we have and the way we we incarcerate people and everything. Okay, right. If you want to solve the problem, and I think I agree with you, Mark. I think most of us agree on what the problems are. Yeah, there are yeah, economic yeah. disparities across the board, not just racially. There's just we we the you know we've we've separated the 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 group of people who are super rich, rich and super rich has not necessarily grown. It's just the amount of richness that they have has grown. The, the amount of people who are poor have grown. The middle class has shrunk. Um, and we don't seem to be able to, we, we, we've now, uh, turned all of that into one big culture war that you have to support one side or the other. And I think vast majority of people are somewhere in the middle on these things. Um, but I think we're all responsible for not being able to deal with difficult conversations. I mean, seriously, it's like you want to talk about courage. We don't even have the courage to be in a conversation where someone disagrees with us and someone comes back at us with 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 just their opinion and the facts to support their opinion. We are so we are we we have such little courage, John, and, and to go back to Facebook that we would rather attack our own group, our the people only in our bubble for not being this way enough or not doing this enough because we know that's fine. We we have no ability to truly speak truth to power because we're too afraid. We don't have any courage. And so plus, we have a lot of outside influences that benefit by keeping us separated and, and and keeping us at loggerheads. I mean, that, uh, that's true as well. But again, we it is an elaborate shell game for people in power a lot of times. But we do have the numbers. We really do have the numbers. And we really could see the forest for the trees and see the matrix above it if we wanted to. But we don't want to. That's the problem. We don't want to. And the people that do are running the shell game. No, we don't want to. We're too right. lazy. We're too we're too scared. But again, I think it comes back to that. I, I, will I say don't it always want to talk. Now. You didn't make me. You disagree. Oh, yeah. But, no, it's 
It's it's so annoying. Safe spaces on college campuses for thought. Safe spaces for thought. Well, if by if by definition, if you are not allowing someone who doesn't think like you uh, to uh, step into that space with you, it's not a safe place for them. So it's not really a safe place. It's your safe place. And you feel fine. But it's just it's this idea that we have uh, and we we become so entrenched in our camps. It's this idea that there there are obviously finite resources at times, but that the finite resources are such that if if I give a little over here, you're going to it's it it definitely takes from something that benefits me. And that that really isn't the case. And we saw it a lot in the. in the LGBTQ uh, community and people who didn't want um, LGBTQ folks to be able to uh, to get married because that would in some way diminish their marriage. Well, that's right. just effing ridiculous. Sure. Totally. First of all, most of our marriages are dim- diminished by our behavior. Let's start there and not any else's marriage or what that they what they've done. But the idea that that somehow and we had those people, oh, let it be a, you know, let it be a, a, a civil union. Uh, I don't believe in giving people extra rights. Well, that really isn't an extra right. It's just special the, rights is what they were saying. It, yeah, it, it is. And um, again, if you look back in history at all of the social justice movements, be they racial, be they gender based, um, uh sexuality-based, whatever they are, the arguments against them are always the same. And they're always, they're always straw man arguments that somehow in giving you this freedom that we, I have denied you somehow takes something away from me. Um, and it's just not the case, but we, we, we never seem to learn that lesson. No, we, we, although I do think the arc of history does bend towards justice and we, the w- women can vote, African-Americans can vote, they're not slaves anymore. Well, they can't vote very well in Georgia. No, that's true. That's true. Children don't have to work tw- 12 hours a day. I mean, you're right. That's not a movie Three set. steps forward, two steps back. I agree. But, you know, we also are banning Gone with the Wind. You know, really, HBO? I yeah. mean, here's my here's my here's me. You know the funniest break. issue with that. I, so I spent I actually was reading some of the comments on that. It's very very funny because uh, we talk about people who just destroy their argument so easily by not seeing the forest for the trees. Uh, yeah, HBO is no longer going to show uh, Gone with the Wind because there are there's things in that. In full disclosure, Mark and I did a production of Moonlight and Magnolias in which I played David O. Selznick, and and you played Ben um, uh, Hecht. Ben Hecht, who is a screenwriter. So we, I have a fondness for Gone with the Wind, certainly. Uh, but uh, the uh, HBO says they'll no longer have it on HBO Max, blah, 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 blah. Um, OK, I, I, you know, again, I think maybe 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 a bit of a step too far. If you now if you go into the history of what happened to Hattie McDaniel, who won an Oscar for that, and David Oselznick had to had to talk the people uh for the uh, motion picture arts and sciences to allow her into the ceremony. She couldn't go to the opening of the movie. Uh, it also does. It, it's also a romanticized version of the old South that downplays the horror of, of slavery. All of those things are true. And you know what? We can talk about those things when, when we watch the movie, we can put that into context. Um, but the argument that I kept seeing from folks who are just outraged by this and again, I think this is just a look over here while we drill off the Florida coast and we eliminate all of these uh, 
um, all of, all of these uh, environmental protections. Uh, they kept saying, "You can't erase our history." It's not history. It's a movie. They they look at Gone with the Wind as if it's an historical document. It's not. It's a movie. And by the way, if you want to get into some of the issues, some of the further issues with uh, uh, Margaret Mitchell, who wrote it, was in college up north, and she basically refused to sit in a class with an African-American woman. So, golly, gee, was it Sarah Lawrence or one of the Seven Sister Colleges, I think, that she went to? Uh, yeah, it was written by somebody who had racial um, a, a, a position on race that we would find anathema today. Well, some of us would find anathema. There's apparently about 38% of people who don't have a problem with it. But uh, So there are all kinds of issues around it, but by just not showing it's the movie, just, it's just so no lame. Problem. It's just so lame. Like, why now? Why now, HBO? It's always been racist. Okay? Right. I'm sorry. Are you more woke now? Are you proving to us that you're more woke now, HBO? Well, it's these, That's a it's joke. These, it's like it's like banning Huckleberry Finn because of the N-word. It is, Are you it kidding is. me? It, and it's another one of these things, Mark, that I consider, and I, I, I think this is kind of even the, the Colin Kaepernick being signed to an NFL team, which I would like to see happen. But but that would I don't consider that a gesture by the NFL. And this is just an empty gesture because you don't want to deal with what the bigger problems at HBO probably are, where is if you perhaps looked at the work culture that is in place there and how many people of uh, color right. or a divergent opinion, even more, even equally as important, work for your for your company. I understand it's a private company. You can do what you want to to a certain extent. But I just think this is absolutely silly. The thing the thing is, and you and, and we're going to wrap this up. But the thing is that you had mentioned about uh, people worried about rights and then giving people equal rights feels like taking them away because they feel like they're giving them special rights, where in, in reality, the person complaining has extra rights, and they need to give up those extra rights. <laughs> but regardless, it's also this, John. It's also that distrust of the other side. Yep. If we give you a little, we're worried that it's going to be a slippery slope, and you're going to take it all the way to the bank. You know, if, 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 we, give, if we give you, uh, you know, Maybe a, a certain amount of weeks. If we stick to Roe v. Wade, and I can't believe I'm bringing this up, 24 weeks. Let's say we stick to that, and 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 we'll stick to that. We we won't have you know. Then then they'll feel that the right is going to take advantage of that, and they won't stop. Same with the Second Amendment. If uh, if the right say, okay, you can ban uh, military grade assault weapons, uh, they're worried. They're worried that the the liberals will take that further and then the next thing they know the guns you know guns will be banned just like the left thinks the next thing we know abortion will be banned no one trusts the other side it's what's happening in major league baseball and someone has to step up we have to have a conversation because economic opportunity for african americans is at the core of all of this and liberals and democrats frankly haven't done any better than what they accuse their republican counterparts of doing at all. Look at all the evidence. Look at these cities. Look at the statistics. Look at the murder rates. Look at the poverty rates. Sorry, 
You've well, got to have these conversations and trust the other side that you both want the, the same solution. And to, to both of our points, we think we know the solution that 90 percent of the country wants. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that thing. And I think both sides do it. I think it's how people who are in power remain in power. And that is by saying to you that because this person who is opposing me wants this thing, that means it'll be taking away these other things from you. Um, and it's generally and it, it generally isn't the case. Um, I, I think probably one of the reasons that they think that people will uh, they don't trust them because I think both sides will over will overreach if the other side gives a little bit because they that that's just that is the system that we have in place right now. And I will always argue and gosh, how this has ended up being nothing but a political podcast. Uh, I know. I know. I, I brought uh, a baseball in my life. I know. Phrase. I know you did. Uh, but uh, I, I think we what we have to look at is how we elect our leaders. And in, really, and until you uh, un, until you address the issues of campaign finance and you reform those sort of things, I, I don't think you're, I don't think there's going to be any change. I don't think there's going to be any change. gerrymandering campaign. I just think finance. I just think if you if you could get everybody to agree about that. And the problem is you have. You know, a handful of very powerful people who are uh, who, who do have a money making uh, a, a system, a money making uh, apparatus that they don't want to dismantle. And, and I, I understand that. I think, sadly, the most people in power after a while just seem to want to stay in power. Well, it's because when they get out of office, John, and I don't know how they do this, but everyone that becomes a congressman, a senator, a president they're worth like 10 times as much as they were when they got into office. And, you know, the president Some makes of it 400. is speaking engagements. And why why in the hell you would pay anybody $10,000 to come speak to you is just I still don't understand that. I mean, I love, you know, I will, I love Mick Jagger, but I wouldn't pay a bunch of managers that Mick get up there and go, if you want new fancy cars, expensive apartments and you know, whatever. I, I, I just, I, you know, so some of it is that and, and, of course, book deals and stuff. But to your point, yeah, there's also the grift going on in politics. I mean, that's that's as old as just ridiculous. You know, the the first two cavemen who, you know, one club the other over the head, you know, to, to to get the position. I'm sure he had a grift going as well. So it's that's that's a bit of human nature. But we set up an apparatus with Citizens United and among other things in our in our process the ability for either side to gerrymander their districts yeah all of these things we've set up to leave a a a system in place which is just not working for the majority of people and no in the in the end both democrats and republicans don't really want to solve the issues they claim they want to solve they just want to campaign on them and unfortunately that's where it is i never thought that way but now i do so uh but I still have hope. I still have hope for the future. I still have hope for Major League Baseball as well. Speaking of Major League Baseball, let's go back to our progressive trivia. Our first four clues for this baseball player pitched over 100 postseason innings, posting an ERA below 320, appeared in the postseason with six teams, double-digit postseason wins, played with Edgar Renteria, played in both leagues, played with four AL East teams, two NL West teams, between the ages of 39 and 42, won over 60 games. Won over 200 games overall. Jeff, is there a analytic uh, that can tell us how many people scroll 
past. You know, they hear us just they hear us just, you know, sort of go into this deep, deep political <laughs> hole and they just scroll past it to hear the next progressive trivia clues. Is there some sort of analytic to see how many people do that? There is. And uh, I looked at it and it's zero. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow! No, no every, they seem to be just as interested in the politics as they are in the progressive trivia. Uh, you know what? Most of my most of my positive comments that I've gotten from friends have been about the fact that they, you know, they, they enjoy the sports stuff, but they like that we'll go off in a different direction. Now, most of them are, you know, in agreement with us uh, because we we live in the bubble, clearly. But uh, y- y- you know, I think. And I'll tell you, I, I know ESPN went through that period where they said they weren't going to talk about politics. But now I think they're what they're finding is that everything in American society is tied in together. Economics, politics, sports, social issues, culture issues, all of that. So really, if, if you if, if you want to talk about sports in America, you, you have to talk about all of those things. And and uh, I think that makes perfect sense. Even though most people would say, at least a, a preponderance of people through the years would say sports uh, is used for them for a diversion, for entertainment, for a way to escape all of the issues, the and burdens. And you still always have those. You still always have those issues. You can watch the games. You can watch the highlights. But to have shows that address social issues – you, I, I just I, I don't understand why that uh, that 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 offends some people. And, and again, just like I would say to the people who are offended by Gone with the Wind, don't watch it. Don't watch Jamil. Well, and, and there is some stuff if, if the book, of course, has some great social commentary about uh, the, about reconstruction. And it really does. And I'm not, I, I hadn't heard that about Margaret Mitchell, but she really does skewer some of those societal norms that well, she came up. around a little bit on the racial issues, uh, having watched the American experience on her. And by the end of her, of her uh, sadly too short life, she 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 had come around on that. But as a college student and remember, she's an 18 or 19 year old girl grow, who'd grown up in Georgia and lived her entire life in the South when she she'd never been in a classroom with a person of color in her life. And it was uh, she was raised to believe that that was improper. And uh yeah. You know, so so people people can grow. People can grow. They can. But I think it's <clears throat> but I, I think that's, you know, to, to the point, I think that is uh, an equally ridiculous uh, uh, argument that, gee, it shouldn't be on there because it it it, it does not. It, it offends my sensibilities as much as, gee, uh, this next half hour show on ESPN is going to talk about social issues or this next eight minute right. segment on first take is going to talk about that. I don't want anything to do with it. Well, right. It turn- Change the channel. I do force myself to listen to Tucker Tucker Carlson, for instance, or uh, people on right. the right. Ben Carson, I'm forcing myself to listen to because Lord, it's how do you un- stay awake? Because it's an un- it is it is difficult to stay awake when the person you're listening to is asleep whilst talking. He's, you say what you want about his beliefs, and he is just not a compelling speaker in any way. And can you imagine coming in and getting? He's a he's a doctor. Can you imagine going in trying to get information for him about your about your surgery? Goodness, I don't think they they didn't use anesthetic. He just talked to a guy for like ten to twelve minutes, and they completely fell asleep. And he cracked open his head and took out whatever was wrong. Good God, man! It, it's amazing. But I force myself to listen to him because it's uncomfortable, and I do learn things. And I think we all should do something along those lines. All right, I'm going to skip the basketball talk. I'm going to go straight to our baseball talk. 
And there's a new proposal, John. If you could outline that for people, the new Major League Baseball Players Association proposal, whilst I open the door. Oh, wow. You've got to open the door. All right. Well, uh, and of course, Mark would throw this to me uh, when I don't have the uh, the story up. But uh, 89, 89 games. Yes, I'll, the, I'll lead you there. The Major League Baseball Players Association has uh, has put forth a uh, a proposal for an 89 game schedule. Um, their first proposal was for a 114 game schedule. Um some of the other things uh, in the proposal is that the uh, players would be sharing a pool of at least $50 million if the playoffs are played without fans. And, and Jeff's with me now. Mark has gone to answer the door. But as we as we talked about, initially, baseball's plan is to not have any fans. But I think they would like to move forward and have fans. Um, so it it is the same as the Major League Baseball proposal. Um they're also uh, c- committed to providing broadcast enhancements for uh, regular and postseason games, allowing players to be miked, managers to be miked, things of that nature. Um, then they are um, the players return to a uh, m- okay. Step back here because there's there's just a lot to unpack with that. On Monday's proposal for Major League Baseball, uh, the proposal was players to return to uh, play economic package that offered a higher potential salary than the previous plan, but less guaranteed money over the 76 game season. I think for the uh, for this latest plan for the players, Mark, there's a little more guaranteed money. You can understand why they want to go there to that. Yeah. Um, but they have they have stepped back a little on the on the financial side and they and they've taken a step towards the owners with the number of games played. Yep. Everything that I've read and heard about this, and and I'm so sorry that I wasn't more erudite in passing that along. It's fine, but you, there there is you, a lot to unpack there. You're, you're um, highly engaging, even when you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, of course, that's most of the time. God, if I have to be I have to know what I was talking about, Jesus, this would be a barren source of amusement, wouldn't it? Yes, um, exactly. Uh, most pundits, people in the know, have said that. They think this is a really good, positive move by the players yeah. to to step in this direction. The only naysayers, or the only thing I'm hearing from naysayers, and, and they're being uh, not com- completely negative about it, is that the these incremental steps that are being taken are pushing the timeline back further and further yeah. and further, and that what both sides aren't understanding is what they really need to do is lock themselves in a room, give themselves uh 72 hours or or whatever five days and say we have to come up with something out of this or we just wash our hands of the entire thing but i think it's i think it's a positive i'm a little more hopeful for baseball moving forward i'm glad that the players at least are are listening to uh the outside influences i don't think major league baseball should pay complete attention to what they're hearing from journalists and fans, but I think they have to listen a little. And it seems like perhaps the players have listened a little. 
It, it does. And to me, it indicates only one thing, John Pelkey, that, that Tony Clark must have given up day-to-day operations. <laughs> this is the only reason you want to talk it's, about it's, to bash it's the, Tony Clark. <laughs> it's the only thing I can, I, I can surmise from the fact that they've actually gone toward the owners. And as a result, the owners have come back. I mean, at one point, it was the owners with an 81-game season, a 49-game season, and the players was a 114-game season. We're talking about 35 to 50 games disparity. Now, it's 89 versus 74 we're down to 15 so we are making progress and the only thing that i can surmise from that john and you know you know i i I look deep into these things may not look deep into them uh it it must be that tony clark has either stepped away from day-to-day operations or but there's been some sort of a coup there's been some sort of a coup Ah. in the major league uh baseball players association organization and it is good because they need to trust each other a little bit more, and they need to know they're all in this together to some degree. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's some. Uh, I think there's some also some interesting things that came down from that uh, mark that uh, were on my mind, and that was uh, because I have always wondered about this: is that we will not have a 100 uh, percent understanding of this virus, its contagious nature. Um, how even how it uh, affects people that we, we, you know, we'd heard that kids couldn't get it and then kids did get it. And, oh, it's only uh, these high risk people who will die. And then people who weren't high risk passed away. So we don't know. And we're not going to know. I and mean, the nature of these things tells us that we are going to be learning things again and again. We were told earlier this week by the World Health Organization that it, it, it surface uh, transmission. Oh, don't worry about surface transmission. Then they had to walk that back and said, well, no, we didn't want to say don't worry about it. What we're saying is it may not be as uh, easily transmittable that way as we thought. So we're, we're going to go through this. And every time there is some sort of incremental move, everyone will think, oh, it, well, this is this is has, this is the way it's going to be. A uh, couple of things that are in the proposals that I think are really, really interesting is that any player that is in a high risk uh, position. It may have uh, there are guys out there who have, you know, juvenile diabetes. Guys who have uh, have had uh, any any number of medical issues that make you in a more high risk uh, in the high risk category, or that live with people in high risk categories, um, will be able to opt out with full pay and time and service time, and that anybody who doesn't want to play because they have health concerns and is not in one of those groups can opt out without pay and without uh, service time. I think that may have to be massaged a little bit. But to your point and to our point, it looks like there is a reaching out and a, and there is some good faith finally happening in major league baseball. And I think that that is a, a definite positive. They, are beginning to realize that they're all in this together, that they need the sport, that even the owners, to your point that, you know, in earlier iterations of this, owners sort of didn't care if it came, if it came or went. But I think they're going to want to care. I think they're going to care now because they know that the ramifications of not having baseball because you were squabbling, billionaires and millionaires were squabbling, uh, is going to be the the ramifications will be much worse in my opinion than they were post the 1994 uh, postseason. So so uh, cancellation of the World Series. So I'm hopeful again. I'm hopeful there. Yeah. I'm I'm hopeful we can have some conversations and make some real progress with uh, injustice 
with brutality, with racism, with economic issues and inequities. And I, I do think if we if we this is the time we actually have an opportunity now to do this. Yes, there's going to be bad actors out there who are going to take advantage and try and divide and conquer, try and, you know, build up the coffers and each particular party or ideology. But I think for the first time in a while, there is a sense, John and Jeff, and Jeff, we're going to get to you at some point in time in terms of our bubble check. Uh, there is a there is a sense that we're all in this together a little bit more than there normally is in life. You know, in, in life, normally we don't, we don't walk around thinking, Hey, look at that. We're all in this together. We don't, we don't. No. Uh, and I think the virus, the virus the actually, yeah. Then the virus actually has done that because while we've argued, uh, obviously socioeconomically, uh, and there are communities that have been more, uh, Affected by this, certainly people of color have been affected more, and a lot of that, again, comes down to socioeconomic stuff. But the virus itself, if people get it, it it's uh, it's an equal opportunity offender. So it did sort of put everybody a little bit on an even footing, and it also had – there was a, 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 um, a an economic effect for everyone. There are obviously people who could handle it better, but there was an economic effect for everybody in this situation. So yes. it's uh, – it's you know I'm 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 somewhat hopeful though uh, we have been down this this road before uh, to a certain extent we have and we'll see what happens it's a push pull three three steps forward two steps back but uh, the fact that Tony Clark isn't part of uh, the day to day operations anymore I, I take as a I don't uh, we don't know that Tony Clark is not involved I believe it's just the only no, way that this could have possibly happened John so I'm going to go with that knowledge Tony Clark may maybe. <laughs> completely responsible for all of this. Mark refuses Tony Clark is have. Did I miss something in Tony Clark's career? Did he oh, uh, yeah. did eliminate the giants from contention at some point? <laughs> was there right. something that he did? Uh, was, was, was he passing along information to the angels in that world series that helped uh, them defeat yeah. the giants? Is it, it, it I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Did he help the A's? overcome Tony La Russa's clamming in, in postseason play. I, I mean, what happened, Mark? Why Tony well, Clark? You know, I mean, I did interview him as well in spring training a couple he, of times. He, dude. he was pleasant enough. He kind of looked down on me a little more than he should have. Yes, he's six. He's like eight. six, six. Yes, he is. He's six, eight. He's six, eight. So he oh. did look down on me. But but you could see he was a little smug when he looked down on me. It's like, wow, now, I'm literally more than a foot taller than you, pal. Wow. He's not six eight, Mark. I know that to be the case. Uh, did you perhaps think uh, that he was according to base? Houston according Astros? to the best website ever invented, he's six eight. Okay. Well, I thought maybe you thought he was J.R. Uh, uh, J.R. Richmond. Was J.R. Richmond the old? What was the Astros? J.R. Richards. J.R. Richards. That's a J.R. Richards. I thought maybe perhaps you called him J.R. Richards, much like the infamous Dermani Dawson Orpheus Roy moment. Indeed. That you that you had at Steelers camp. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, he played for the he played for the Diamondbacks in 05, 06, 07. I, well, I, I, that explains it. I wasn't happy with him during those times as well. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, I couldn't stay. I, you know, you know, and, and Arizona did get to the uh, the division series in 07. And I uh, was, you know, vociferously rooting for them to lose against the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, listen, the- I didn't want to bring this up, but I have this on good. uh I have this on good authority that uh, while the teams were uh, meeting 
uh, discussing strategy. Um, Giants player representative Buster Posey couldn't stop crying every time someone disagreed with him. Really? He's calling everybody mean. And uh, he uh, he's wow. tried to tried to have the meetings uh, excised. And uh, I also I also heard that uh, during the meeting he moved to have that nobody could push their chairs back anymore because he was walking behind them and they pushed their chair back and he hurt his knee. Ow! Ow! Mean meeting. Stop mean meeting. He's out of the next meeting. Yep, I believe that's Yuzav's t-shirts. Stop the mean meeting. I didn't. I didn't see those reports. I did not see those reports. The you only were, reports I busy. saw was that there was a coup and Tony Clark was eliminated. Uh, weirdly, it was in the same article. Those two things really were in the was. exact same article. Well, again, I need to take my own advice and uh, read an entire article, even the paragraphs that make me uncomfortable. All right, so let's go back to progressive trivia. And uh, Jeff got it right. Jeff got it right. And I will say we've used this before on our show because I had to dig one up. Um, and I, you know, I had one and I just kind of, I, I changed some of the names to protect the innocent on this one. Uh, and I tweaked it a little bit, but we have used this before. Okay. The, the first eight clues pitched over a hundred postseason innings, posting an ERA below 320, appeared in the postseason six with six teams, double digit postseason wins, played with Edgar Renteria, played in both leagues, played with four AL East teams, two NL West teams between the ages of 29 and 42, won over 60 games. Won over 200 games, won a World Series with two different teams. 18-plus years in the big league. Seven-plus teams he played for. No Cy Youngs, but finished in the top five twice. And you got it right. What was the clue that uh, we set can't you talk on? about it. We haven't given the answer yet. I, I, no, will, I, I will say that, this. I just want to tell him. John made, a, John made a guess that reminded me of a team that that uh, gentleman played for that you used as your clue. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah. He played, I think he only played one year, Renteria. Yeah. And uh, that, yeah. that brought me, gotcha. that narrowed me down. Nice. I thought my guess was decent. And in fact, I thought it was, I thought you had said, because uh, I didn't write, write it down quick, quickly enough. And I thought you said three American League East teams. So that's immediately why I went to my, uh, my guess of uh, Roger Clemens. Right. Which was uh, wrong, but which but, was incorrect. But good job. Uh, and Thanks. I mean the the thirty nine to forty two over sixty games that certainly sounds like Clemens. You know, yeah, there are a few of them there. There are a few of them there that uh, that uh, match up with Clemens. Yeah, I, I would argue when this guy's involved, there the, the guy that's the answer. There, there. Uh, she said something about good uh, good guys. There are no good guys involved. I actually uh, I actually worked with this guy at a celebrity auction in Tampa that he. Uh, that he does every year for, I think, American Cancer Society. I think he lost his mother to cancer and he needed a celebrity auction. I worked with him, and he, he was a great, great guy to work with. A lot of fun. He, he's a great guy and a lot of fun. All right, let's quickly go to our mailbag section before we give the answer. We'll talk about some of the promos that we have coming up, uh, when you can expect the YouTube channel, and uh, when you can expect the aforementioned deep dive and uh, perhaps even uh, give you a tease as to what it's going to be about. But first, let's listen to one of our most loyal listeners talking about documentaries he'd like to see. Hey, guys, Lenny here. Uh, I just want to tell you again, I'm really loving these podcasts. They're great shows. Thanks for entertaining. Thanks for the lively talk. Uh, I've searched my head here a little bit about today's topic and something I've come up with for maybe a documentary would be one hit wonders in the world of sports. And a few of the guys that pop into my head would be like in the NFL would be like John, your Redskins, uh, Timmy Smith, 
Uh, David Tyree from the Giants fame with the with the one-handed helmet catch. Uh, and, of course, there's the legendary Jim O'Brien, the Colts kicker from Super Bowl V. At Major League Baseball, Joe Charbonneau, Mark the Bird Fidrich, and the NCAA uh, basketball tournament guys that pop into my head. And probably just because of their names and their great showing in the tournaments would have been like uh, Providence's God Sham God. Bo Kimball from Marymont, and a guy named Yinka Dare from George Washington, I believe. Just a few names that pop into my head. Uh, I'm sure that that conversation could go on for days. I think the one-hit wonder would be a great documentary for sports. You guys be safe. Great show. Enjoy listening to it. Talk to you again. Uh, that's, that's a really good one. It is. It is a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you Joe Charbonneau, of, the- of course, is- Yes, you do a series of the shorts on them. You know, they do this 15-minute shorts. You can do a whole series of shorts that's nothing but one-hit wonders. And I believe it's Inkadare is the uh, the guy for uh, George Washington. Yeah, good stuff. Timmy Smith, that's a good one as well. You know, over 200 yards in the Super Bowl, for crying out loud, on the ground. Uh, some, some good names, obviously, Mark the Bird Fidrich. Uh, so, yeah, some some fun stuff that uh, with Lenny. And we had the, we talked about that a lot last week, John, about documentaries we'd like to see. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we go ahead and throw a bone to that on this show? Well, why it combines we two things ahead. we love. We, we, we love documentaries, history. Or three things that we love: documentaries, slash history, slash sports, and it combines that with one thing we don't love: effort. Exactly. It's very, so there's it's a lot of efforts going into this. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, you, we're, we're, know, we're put down a 45-minute show of one topic. It's going to require some time, John. Some effort. Right. Some focus. I can talk around any subject for 10 minutes. Are you kidding me? Uh, chaos theory. Astrophysicist at UCF Special Teams. The podcast Mark's going to be debuting soon, where he goes deep inside the up-down of the inside of UCF Special Teams play and how it's affected the Knights in their long-standing run to the number five favorite team in the state of Florida. Um, it, uh, but we're 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 gonna we're, we're hopefully gonna uh, interest you. And I, I will t- listen. I'm I'm up for telling people what the deep dive is next Wednesday. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Next Wednesday, folks, we are going to go deep into the 1970s Oakland A's. We're going to jump into the Oakland A's that won three World Series in a row, 1972, 73, 74. Um, and uh, this is going to be mine. I'm going to be handling this because it's the first baseball team I um, I remember. And uh, they're from the wrong side of the tracks for Mark. He won't he won't delve into it. Being Not from me. San Francisco. Being from San Francisco, he can't uh, can't acknowledge anything Oakland. I God love forbid. those A's. I love uh, those A's. Well, and they and they really are interesting, and they're a bit lost to history. And I can't believe there hasn't been a thirty for thirty on them at this point, or at least on Charlie Finley, their owner. Exactly. Um, a really really interesting uh, guy in the history of baseball, and uh, that team was littered with great players, um, and uh, there was a lot of litter thrown along the side of the road by their by their owner, Charles Finley. Uh, the, the characters that are going to pop up, Alvin Dark, Dick Williams. Uh, Dick Williams, by the nice. way, for Dick Williams. manager of the 67 Boston Red Sox and how yep. he lost that job. Boy, talk about a what have you done for me lately, a situation that they had there in Boston with Dick Williams. But uh, so, yeah, we're going to work. Padres, too, Johnny. He managed the 84 Padres. That's right. That yeah, got Dick, to the World Series. 
great baseball guy, Dick Williams. We're going to talk about that and some of the other characters. Uh, we, we did uh, Vita Blue Progressive the other day. People not heard that name or only remember it because it's an odd name. Vita Blue at one point was a as dominant a pitcher in Major League Baseball as they as they as there was. And boy, talk about the yeah. it, it coming very quickly and going away very quickly uh, for Vita Blue, who spent a lot of time in Major League Baseball, but he really only had one over 20 game winning uh, uh, 20 game winning season. So, yeah, we're going to go deep inside the Oakland A's of the early 1970s. I love it. Now, uh, in terms of how we present this, is it doc? Is it classic documentary style where I sit back and listen? Or is it truly classic documentary style? When I watch a documentary, I stop it. I go to Wikipedia. I ask questions. I look up things. I get context for what I just learned. And then I continue to do it because now I have context for what's just happened. So in other words, Johnny, what I'm asking is in the middle of your presentation of uh-huh. the Oakland A's, will yeah. I be able to go now, talk to me a little bit more about Charlie Finley. And will you say, I'll get to that, Mark, or will you go ahead and will you go ahead and do that? Uh, how is this going to work? And Do how I many have to just be silent for 45 minutes? And how many times will he go to Wikipedia before he realizes you're reading directly from Wikipedia? <laughs> not reading directly, not reading directly from Wikipedia, actually reading a book on those A's and doing a lot of research, watched highlights of all three of their World Series just the other day. Nice. To get nice. to get back in the mood, I I will do I will do my homework, but I kind of envisioned this mark as uh, you not even being a part of the show on Wednesday, uh, and uh, basically I lay everything out. No, I would much prefer it to be a conversation discussion uh, about the A's. Lay down some historical. I, I was I was hoping to do it somewhat in a chronological manner. Lay down I some historical uh, information on the. Uh, Philadelphia slash Kansas City slash Oakland A's and where that team was when Charlie Finley purchased them and where they were when Charlie Finley lost the team and uh, and maybe and covering some of the careers of uh, the the great names that you're going to hear Catfish Hunter, Burt Campanaris, uh, obviously Reggie Jackson, um, and then a little bit of the post period for the uh, for the A's because they. After that, 72, 73, 74, uh, they were around again, I believe, in 75. They made the playoffs and lost um, to the Red Sox, I, I think. Uh, yep, yeah, it. It was the, well, obviously, 75 Red Sox. So they lost to the Red Sox that year. But then they kind of dropped off the face of the earth until Billy Martin got there um, in uh, the early 80s yep. um, and uh, had a little bit of a resurgence and then went away again until the Tony La Russa era and went to three consecutive, but it could only win one. I don't remember who they beat in that. It was uh, they lost to the Dodgers? They lost to the Reds. Who did they? They did. did they, who did they beat. I don't know. Golly, I think it was just a World Series that no one really cares. You know what, Mark? No, nothing I'll, really I'll, happened during that World Series. You're right, but I'll do the I'll do the homework and we'll talk about who they beat in that World yeah, Series. Well, we'll sure, do. Sure, we sure. might deep dive into that World Series alone on a later. Yeah, it's not really the. It's not really the. It's not really the early seventies A's though, Johnny. I think that's a good off topic. Good. Well, that. we'll do our own. We'll do another deep dive on a, on a following Wednesday. But that's it. Next Wednesday, uh, and maybe we'll have some sort of video element at that point. When you said you know we, we wanted to talk about uh, what we were going to do on YouTube, I with with folks, 
I would I wish folks would tell me what's going to happen with YouTube because I'm as in the dark as anyone. And and that's the thing. It's like how easy, Jeff. I know it would be relatively easy to perhaps uh, have a soundbite or two that you could uh, add to your presentation, John Pelkey. Perhaps a little uh, play-by-play of Ra- the Raleigh Fingers Johnny Bench uh, at bat yeah. when he was intentionally walking him. Uh, that would be fun to hear. How hard would it be to sh- – well, now that now we're getting into rights. Why, why would we, we have this discussion it. during the podcast? This, this is well, it, you know, here's, here's the behind-the-scenes. This is like the behind-the-scenes. People just bought the DVD of today's show, and it's like, let's check out the behind-the-scenes. John berating Mark – all morning when Mark sends John a thing saying, here are the things I think we need to we need to reintroduce ourselves because we're going to be on video. We, we here here what we, we need a mission statement, as your wife said, here are the things. And Mark, this is long, just Dickens like text to me that uh, at one point had an intermission with a commercial. And I don't know who sponsored his text, but just went on forever. And UCF. I- and I UCF said, UCF special teams coach. Uh, and I, uh, I I simply responded with uh Where's this going to be broadcast? Do we know that? And Mark, to his credit, I, perhaps I've put the cart before the horse a little with all of this. So we'll, we'll work out those things. We'll get it. It's yeah. going to be fun. We'll get the YouTube. We'll tell you when it's going to happen. And uh, we're excited about that. But we know for sure a week from today that we are going to do a deep dive into those early 70s Oakland A's with some nice historical context around it. And a nice postscript as well. I cannot wait, John Pelkey. I was a big, I was a big fan of that team. I really was because the Giants were uh, pathetic in '72, '73, and '74. And uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I was a huge fan of Vita Blue. I really was. All right, Jeff. I'm going back to you. If you can remember some of the basic things we covered in our uh, lengthy political discussion about uh, what does real progress mean, not only in sports. But in our overall society, you heard our basic points. Bubble check time. What's your thoughts? Um, uh, my thoughts are uh, all of the things that we're talking about and hearing about these days that are a problem are happening in Democrat run cities. So the first thing that we need to do for real change is to start voting in Republicans when it comes to Tony Clark, uh, I think he's a decent guy. I think he's still running things and uh, will continue to do so. And I believe that uh, the players are finally realizing that the owners may be losing money, but they have plenty of money to lose and they're not going to be in a position that the players are going to be in. If the players lose the money, they don't have long-term wealth. They're rich. They're not wealthy. So they have to play. So they're trying their best to figure it out, which I think everybody knew in the beginning the players were going to have to be the ones to bend, whether it be from a PR standpoint or from a... Uh, you notice how I kept talking here. I didn't, want to, I didn't want any rebuttal on what I said the first time. But uh, I, th- <laughs> I, I, think, I think everything's coming together. And, uh, and, re- and realistically, I think the, the way that we come to good change is having good conversations about what we need and, and uh, how we can go about getting it. And stop just trying to vilify everyone and and, uh, realize that everybody is a person. They have different upbringings, different cultural backgrounds, and they can't necessarily see things from everybody's point of view. But the last thing you want to do is alienate them to the point where they don't want to see everyone's point of view. Let's get together. All right. Well done. Let's get together. Come on, everybody. I'd like to dispute that Alex Jones is a person. 
I just want to throw that out there right now. I do not believe that Alex Jones is actually a person. I believe he was created uh, in a laboratory, perhaps in Wuhan, China, uh, to test our resolve. I, I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, there's a lot of conversation with the, uh, the city, with the Democrat-run cities. I, I alluded to some of that stuff in terms of what's happened over the last 60 years and the lack of progress in terms of uh, African-Americans' quality of life. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with you. It is a, a, a you know, I, I think it's more, an of a unfortunate. Bl- more of a blanket statement that I care to, you know, <laughs> I know. enjoy. I, I, but but here's the thing is, I think the unfortunate thing is that it's happening because of of the differences in the the ideologies. And that is the more rules that you have, the more likely someone is going to have to deal with the people enforcing the rules. So I think it's we, we have to talk about how much freedom we want to have. And, and the more freedom we have, the less likely you are to have an interaction with a police officer. So uh, maybe we just need to be less governmenty and more free. Sounds like defunding the police idea to me. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it, you, it, go, you, go, you go far enough right, John, and you get left. You, well, you well, well, well we, we saw what happened when we defunded the, uh, the insane asylums. So if defunding the police has the same, uh, same outcome, then I'm definitely not for that. All right. Well, there it is, folks. That's after further review. Jeff Taylor, John Pelkey, Mark Furrer. We will be back on Friday. Stay we safe. Give- did we give the answer to our progressive trivia? Did we? Because I, I think I missed all of that if we did. You know I don't what? think we did. We no, didn't, did we? Wow. I know. You know why don't we just take over driving the shows? Should we just move to me driving the shows no, and you that... handling the video portion of it all? Cause... No, no, no. It's fine. I just, I had it. The thing is, is that we skipped around and that I, I really, my instinct was to just give the answer. Because that was what was next on the rundown. Because of we skipped, yeah. we, we had already done that topic. Yeah. And uh, but but you berated me. You said, "What well, you know? You're, you're going to give him the answer if you if, if you ask Jeff that question." I thought he's right. Let me wait. And I waited, and then it went out of my mind, John. So it's either early onset, or I really really have some attention deficit. I think I think I think John figured out the problem as you keep a- asking Jeff questions. Well, that might be it. He Actually, has to ask questions. It's it's what always gets him off track. He can't true. not ask questions. All right. Here we go. My gosh. Man, this is a show. This is all about just exposing how confused I am and how weak of a of a partner in this in this uh endeavor that I am and how little I bring to the table. But that's okay. Let's go back to progressive trivia. Don't Something I like. Short, Mark. It's not just this episode. <laughs> Pitched over a 100 postseason innings, posting an ERA below 3.20. Appeared in the postseason six teams. Double-digit wins. Played with Edgar Renteria when he was with the uh, the Boston Red Sox, I, I believe, is, is when he was on that team. And that uh, Roger Clemens guess is what uh, opened the door for Jeff. Won a world uh, played in both leagues, played in, uh, with four AL East teams, two NL West teams. Between the ages of 29 and 42, he won over 60 games, won over 200 games in his career, won a World Series with two different teams. That's noteworthy. 18 years in the big seven-plus teams he played for, no Cy Youngs, finished the top five twice. It is indeed a progressive that we have done before, perhaps in a different order, David Wells. I like Wells. I he's, do too. Always did. Fun. And like I said, I hosted a David Wells celebrity um, auction 
benefiting uh, a cancer char- charity. It might have been breast cancer, might have been just the American Cancer Society, don't remember. But uh, And he was a really, really engaging guy. There was a, a celebrity softball game beforehand, and then the, uh, which I was the, I did public address thing for. Uh, he was and, the voice of it. I, I was somewhat. And then uh, there was the, the silent auction, at which point I, deter- I developed my long standing distaste for Jim Tomey. Because, oh, well, yeah. well, for any That's, number of reasons, but yeah, <laughs> no, actually, Tommy's always great when I interviewed him, but he, uh, there was a silent auction and they had all kinds of really great stuff. They had a Harley Davidson signed by Bruce Springsteen and the guitar, and they had just all kinds of amazing stuff. And one of them was a Willie Nelson signed acoustic guitar. And I'm a big wow. Willie Nelson fan. Sure. And it was within my. You know, I had maybe three hundred dollars to spend. And, you know, I'm amongst all these rich people. And uh, the only thing I could silent bid on that just wasn't so out of my price range was this Willie Nelson guitar, because I'd gone for the the Springsteen uh, uh Telecaster and all this couldn't, you know, it just went into the thousands. But the Willie Nelson thing was sitting around the $300 mark. And I could have gone a little bit above. And then just towards the end, Jim Tomey's wife swooped in and I think dropped like 425 on it or something, which I couldn't do at the time. Now I couldn't do $42. But, uh, uh, and took, they took it right out from under me. I thought it was the one thing I was going to get. And the next year or the year after interviewing Jim Tomey again, and he didn't know anything about it. And I brought it up and he pointed <laughs> out that he pointed out that he had it he had it on the wall in his basement or in his rec room in this in this really great uh, display of it. So so don't care for Jim Tomey. I wish him ill. Makes perfect sense. May Makes perfect sense. The, the best David Wells uh, experience I had was at the club and we interviewed him. And it wasn't that long after his perfect game. And he talked about the story that I don't know he had told that many people about. But he was on Saturday Night Live. The, the night before yep. and went went out and and just tired after the show. Yeah. Show's done at one o'clock. He was out till, you know, he got like no sleep and the Max McGee story. Yeah, there it is. And he and he pitches a perfect game. And it's uh, it's also I would read the Willie Mays uh, biography and the day before he hit four home runs in a game. For one of the few times in his career, Johnny averaged about 158 games played during his entire career. I mean, it was wow. remarkable how durable he was. He ate some bad ribs, and he was throwing up all night. And you know, basically went to the went to the stadium, and and the manager scratched him. And at the last second, uh, you know, this guy uh, J- uh, Joey Amalfitano, you you remember him? I think he yes. was a manager for the Orioles at one point in time. Maybe when they won the '83 World Series. Yeah, that was Joe Altabelli. Ah, uh, well, J A. So there it is. Joey Amalfitano, at any rate, gave Willie a smaller bat. Willie said, "I don't know. I'll just I'll I'll try it." Hit like five out right away in batting practice, and said, "Ah, I'll be in the game." And he hit four home runs. So it's, you know, the key to extraordinary sports performance is to completely not get any sleep the night before and or, you know, drink yourself near death. Stumble, stumble into the ballpark. Stumble into the ballpark and then, you know, create a uh, historic sports performance on the field. I think that does it. Is there anything else I missed, John? No, but I I I uh, I want to I want t-shirts now for after further review with the quote drink yourself to near death on it. Cuz I, you know, 
God only knows if that if they could do that, uh, yeah. you know, pitching yeah, yeah. perfect game and four home runs. I mean, you and I ought to be, you know, sure. I know you have half a dozen pops before a show just to just to keep you going. But I, you may need to up that game, Mark. Just to keep me going, just to just to, just to make it just worth keep it. it, just to make the voices stop. Yes, to, yes, to keep the demons at bay. All right, that's it for us, folks. We're done. After further review, episode twenty-nine in the books. Stay safe.